I said, it's great to be with you in Busselton, and it was such a privilege to even walk down the jetty this morning before church and uh, just enjoy being here. Then, of course, I reflected, wow, I've got the health to be able to walk to the end of the jetty. So I could begin with a question this morning, and I could say, how is your health? I saw somebody rolling their eyes. Um, you might respond, how long have you got? Uh, I actually had a, a conversation with someone about their health this morning. Um, of course, those of us who are young might say, I'm fine, I'm young. Anyway, uh, concern about uh, somebody's health is something that uh, starts off one of those Bible readings, if you notice. So we are going to be looking at uh, 3 John, not John 3, but 3 John. And uh, that might be a part of the Bible that you are uh, not so familiar with, just before Revelation, and we kind of dodge, sometimes dodge Revelation. So it's the part of the Bible just before the book of Revelation. And it's written, it says, from the elder, but because it's called John, we, uh, we know that it's written by the Apostle John. And it's written to this person called Gaius, who is a leader or an elder in this church in Asia, probably in this country that we know as Turkey today. And the letter is uh, most likely written around 50 years after Jesus uh, was crucified, so towards the end of the first century BC. And I'm going to be looking at the ESV. I'll be using the ESV wording, but that doesn't matter if you've got a different version, if you've got your device or your Bible with you. And I'll show the words that I'll be referring to on the screen. So let's ask for God's help before we approach His Word. Father God, thank you so much for health to be here, and thank you for the amazing opportunity to meet together and, and to do the things that we heard earlier that, um, uh, that are organizing this community to work together for your glory. So please impact us to your day by your Spirit as we think about your Word. In Jesus' name, Amen. So, as I mentioned, there's a concern about someone's health. If you look at that very first uh, passage that's on the screen, um, whoa, I don't even have it. We'll just go, we'll just stay there. The, the letter starts off with John writing, Beloved, I, may, I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health as it goes well with your soul. So, John is concerned for Gaius' health and his well-being. Uh, he doesn't actually know that Gaius is healthy, um, and so he prays about it. He's saying, I hope that it's going well. But he says, as it goes well with your soul, John knows that it, spiritually it's going well with Gaius. And the question is, why does John know that it's going well with Gaius. And then we get to verses 3 and 4, which are on the screen behind me. And John writes this, I rejoiced greatly when the brothers came and testified to your truth, as indeed you are walking in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. So I don't know if you were paying attention, but there's a word that's repeated a few times. Truth. And that's actually 
the word that gives us the theme for today's talk. It's actually uh, mentioned at least four times in the beginning of the letter and another two times. So it's a, a very strong idea for John as he writes this letter to Gaius. Truth. Truth is such an important thing. We feel bombarded by uh, so many fake things, people trying to scam us or news being thrown on us and trying to figure out, now, is this truth or is this spin? And so as parents, we try to help our kids understand that not everything on the internet is true. And as kids, we might try and teach our parents, don't click on the link. <laughs> it's not the bank. So the fact that there's such an emphasis on truth in this little letter shows us that this problem with truth is not a new problem. So we're going to be learning how the main character of the letter, Gaius, relates to truth. Uh, and we'll be learning three things that he does or doesn't do. And the first is this. The first is the reason why it's going well with his soul. Gaius is walking in the truth. Gaius is walking in the truth. So what's the truth that's being spoken about here? Clearly this truth is more important than the daily news that we might hear um, on the radio or on TV or the latest gossip about somebody. It's the truth that uh, would really excite you if you knew that someone was walking in the truth, certainly if you were a Christian. And it's the truth about Jesus. It's the truth about what he achieved in his death and resurrection. It's the truth of the gospel. It's the most important news that's ever been declared in the history of the world. It's the truth that will bring us life if we know it and believe it. And it's the truth that will leave us in destruction if we don't know it and don't believe it. That's why John's so excited when he writes to Gaius. He says, it gives me great joy to hear that you're walking in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear my children are walking in the truth. John is so excited because Gaius is a Christian and he's living in the Christian way. That truth comes in the package that, you, that we've read, that you have with you in your, on your device or in your hands as a book form. It's the Bible, it's the body of truth handed down from the apostles and the prophets. And it's become canonized for us in the Bible. Uh, it's the whole truth about everything that God has revealed about himself and how he wants us to live. Gaius is walking in this truth. And walking in the truth means sustaining your trust in Jesus, in the sufficiency, the enoughness that that did for us to reconcile us, to bring us back to God. So sustaining our trust in Jesus and walking in, our, in the truth also means living in a way that corresponds to the way that God wants. Everything that's been revealed in the Bible. So Gaius is walking in that truth. You might not feel it's going well with you. You might not feel your health is great. And maybe there's some tension that you might be feeling in some relationship. Sometimes things go wrong. Maybe you're struggling financially. And so much of that is in God's hands. And as I said, John doesn't know whether it's going well with guys. He's praying that it might go well. But he knows 
that it's well with Gaius' soul because Gaius is walking in the truth. He's trusting Jesus and he's living in a way that corresponds to what God wants. I pray that you may be walking in the truth. Uh, in fact, one of the things that I, I was reflecting on as I was preparing this is, uh, uh, it is well with my soul. You might have sung that in church, very famous hymn. And that's just one of the verses that I've chucked on the screen. Though Satan should buffet, though trials should come, let this blessed assurance control that Christ hath regarded my helpless estate and has shed his own blood for my soul. And then the refrain, it is well, it is well, it is well with my soul. May it be well with your soul as you walk in the truth. Uh, I've mentioned Derek and Susan, and I've mentioned David and Jenny Juniper, but there are other missionaries that are connected to CMS, as I also mentioned. And one of those is Brittany. Here's just a little uh, background about Brittany. Brittany works and lives in the Middle East. She's from WA, but she's a vet. And she's doing this research on a disease that travels between camels and humans. So she lives in a country in the Middle East, and she's doing this project with the Bedouin people. And as she does this research, she seeks to share the gospel with people she gets to know and who ask her what she believes. And one of the great joys and one of the great excitements that she has is that this particular lady called Jasmine has become a Christian. Now, in that part of the world, people don't become Christians very easily. So Brittany is over the moon that a particular lady called Jasmine has become a believer. And it brings Brittany joy to be regularly meeting up with Jasmine and reading the Bible with Jasmine. But not everything is going well with Jasmine. Jasmine is married to a man who is a Muslim. Um, this particular man has got deep health issues. He's lost his job. He, in fact, wants to end his own life. And so Jasmine is struggling to bring an income into their home, struggling to find the support that her husband needs. I guess it's really not easy being married to a Muslim. But it is well with her soul. And she has great joy, and Brittany has great joy as they meet together. And uh, that's the kind of thing that John is thinking about when he writes to Gaius. Gaius is walking in the truth. So that's the first thing that we can think about as regards truth and what Gaius is doing in this letter. The second little thing that Gaius is doing is found from verse 5 to verse 8. And I'll read those verses. John writes, Beloved, it is a faithful thing you do in all your efforts for these brothers, strangers as they are, who testify to your love before the church. You will do well to send them on their journey in a manner worthy of God. For they've gone out for the sake of the name, accepting nothing from the Gentiles. Therefore, we ought to support people like these that we may be fellow workers for the truth. So let's piece this together. What's going on here? Certain brothers have been visiting Gaius and the church. Why did they visit? Well, John tells us it was for the sake of the name that they went out. What is that name? Well, it's the name that is implied throughout the letter. It's the name of Jesus. They're not tourists. 
uh, going out for the sake of the name means for the express purpose of doing gospel ministry. It's a little bit like Derek and Susan, uh, as I mentioned earlier, working in Pakistan. Uh, Derek is an academic teacher at a university. Susan is a teacher at a school. But they're not there because they wanted a sea change or, or they, because they couldn't get jobs here. It was for the sake of the name that they went out, the name of Jesus. And that's why they do things, constantly doing things, such an example to us to promote the gospel of Christ, uh, inviting their staff people around, in, inviting students around, um, sharing life with them. So that's what Gaius is doing. Um, sorry, that's what these brothers are doing. They've gone out for the sake of the name. And they've come to Gaius' town, these brothers, and Gaius has welcomed them. He's endorsed them to the congregation. He's probably uh, giving them a place to, lie, to sleep at his, at his house. He's washed their clothes. Uh, he's fed them. He's prayed for them. He's encouraged them. He's supplied their needs. And in addition, we are told, he sent them out in a manner worthy of God. Uh, he's helped them on, on their road to the next destination. Maybe he's escorted them some or all of the way to the next town. Maybe he's provided some resources for them. And that's why, John writes, we ought, this is the final uh, two lines, we ought to support people like these that we may be fellow workers for the truth. So that's the second thing that Gaius is doing. He's not only walking in the truth, he's working for the truth. He's working together with them. When you help somebody who's doing Christian ministry, you're working with them for the truth. Your work is just as important as their work. When you pray for Derek and Susan, or De uh, uh, De Derek and Susan, or David and Jenny, or whichever ministry partners that you might have, when you give towards them, uh, that work that you are doing is just as important as their work. So I encourage you to work together for truth for them. I encourage you to sign up for their letters, as I said earlier. And notice that guys didn't do this in any old way, but he did it in a manner worthy of God. Look at verse 6 there. You do well to send them on their journey in a manner worthy of God. In other words, it's a way that God would approve of. If God was there in the flesh, he would put his arm around your shoulder and say, well done. You may have heard in, in, in past years, missionaries would be sent Second-hand toys for their kids, maybe dolls with a leg missing, or second-hand clothes. And there are stories, and I believe they are true, second-hand tea bags with a little uh, note saying, only used once. And I would say those are examples of people not being sent in a manner worthy of God. So as CMS, we seek to ensure that our missionaries are well cared for and that they are sent in a manner worthy of God. That's why maybe our budgets are a little bit higher than for other mission agencies, or one of the reasons. 
we, we, we seek to ensure that, they, they, that their, their daily needs are cared for, that their ministry needs are provided for. They don't just get everything they ask for, but we go through a careful budgeting process every year with them, and we ensure that things that are planned are wise, and then we raise that money. So by praying for them and by partnering them with them financially, you are helping them in their ministry and you are fellow workers for the truth. So thank you so much for being fellow workers for the truth with David and Jenny Juniper. So Gaius is walking in the truth and he's working for the truth. My final point comes in verse 9 and 10. And this is something that Gaius is not doing but somebody else is doing. Um, we're meeting another person, and his name is Diotrephes. Let's read about him in verse 9 to verse 10. I've written something to the church, but Diotrephes, who likes to put himself first, does not acknowledge our authority. So if I come, I will bring up what he's doing, talking wicked nonsense against us. And not content with that, he refuses to welcome the brothers and also stops those who want to and puts them out of the church. Nice guy, this. He puts himself first. He does not acknowledge our authority. So who's the hour here? Well, the writer is the Apostle John, so the hour is the Apostles. Diotrephes is rejecting the authority of the apostles. See, what's happening here with these brothers is that they are likely being trained by the apostles in some kind of little Bible school or embryonic, uh, maybe little missions agency. And they are being sent out with the stuff that the apostles are teaching them. Uh, just like you heard, in, in fact, in the Old Testament reading with all those difficult names. You see, what happened was you had Jehoshaphat, who was a good king, and he created a, a, a context of stability, which is what we're praying for in the Congo. And then he sends out these priests and these Levites, and they go throughout the country, and they are teaching. So they, they, they are being sent on mission, and these apostles are sending out these brothers to be missionaries, to be itinerant preachers. But Diotrephes is not welcoming them. And in fact, he's making it really hard for people in his congregation to welcome them and help them. In fact, he's chucking them out of the church. So what Diotrephes is doing is he's wandering from the truth. So wandering from the truth doesn't just mean not walking in the truth or struggling in your faith, like maybe somebody stops coming to church for a bit or falls into some pattern of sin, as serious as all of that is. But he's starting to believe something different to what the apostles have been teaching. He's starting to believe something. He's starting to ignore the biblical authority. In David and Jenny Juniper's context, there, there are many Christians, so-called Christians. Um, however, that's like a, a census statistic. But what kind of Christians are we talking about? They are people who've been taught many strange things. On the one hand, uh, stuff about maybe Mary and the saints. On the other hand, they've been uh, taught that uh, in order to get what you want from God, you've got to give lots of money to the church 
And uh, if you say the right prayers and make the right declaration, it will be well with your body. You will get your job. You will get your wealth. That's called the prosperity gospel. So there are a lot of non-biblical things, untrue things that are believed by Christians, not only in the Congo, but in many parts of the world. And that is wandering from the truth. And that is why we have David and Jenny there, to help the leaders not wander from the truth. And it's interesting here that um, Gaius, sorry, Diotrephes, is actually a church leader. He's somebody, he's an elder, he's somebody that has authority in the church. He's heard the truth previously, but he's rejecting it. And tragically, because he's an influential people, he's influencing people, other people to wander from the truth themselves. He's causing people to reject Jesus, to reject the gospel. Why is he doing that? Could be a lot of reasons. We're told he loves to be first. Maybe he likes their power and authority. He doesn't want to be saying, oh, well, this is actually the apostle's authority that I'm teaching you. He's saying, this is what I tell you. Uh, it could be because he knows that the stuff that the apostles are telling them is going to uh, bring, bring the heat on them as a, as a congregation because the gospel is such a confrontational thing for the world. We don't know, but he's influential and he holds a position of power. He's wandering from the truth and he's causing other people from, to wander from the truth. And because he existed in the earliest parts of the church, we shouldn't be surprised when today we have people in churches who are wandering from the truth and causing others to believe wrong things. So that's why it's so important that you bring your Bibles to church and that you keep checking out that what the preacher is saying is true. But in contrast to Diotrephes, you've got another bloke called uh, Demetrius who is a little bit more encouraging. And so John ends his letter like this. He says, Do not, dear friends, do not imitate what is evil, but what is good. Anyone who does what is good is from God. Anyone who does what is evil has not seen God. This is a little bit like what Jesus said when he said, By your fruits you will know them. He continues, Demetrius is well spoken of by everyone and even by the truth itself. We also speak well of him, and you know that our testimony is true. I reflected on this. I thought, why does John say Demetrius is well spoken of by the truth? I think it's this. I think if the people have, have some understanding of the gospel, if they understand what the apostles have taught, they will know that this person, Demetrius, is living in a good way, and that means he's a reliable person to listen to. He's a reliable person to imitate. He could also be another traveling brother or traveling minister, or he could be an elder in the church. But Demetrius is walking in the truth, just like Gaius is walking in the truth. So it's really important for us to ground ourselves in the Bible, to use every opportunity to come along to church, to be part of those things that Simon said we should, be, we should engage with at the hub outside, to go along to a connect group, and to make personal Bible reading an important part of our lives. Because knowing the Bible will stop us wandering from the truth and help us to discern who to imitate. 
So today, in today's world, there are so many truths, so-called, and sometimes it is hard to discern truth from error. But as regards God and as regards Jesus, the truth is discernible and knowable. And it's the comes to us in the Bible, and it's the truth that will make things well with our souls, regardless of how difficult our personal circumstances are. So may we all continue to walk in the truth. May we also work together for the truth with our mission partners and with our church leaders. And may we not wander from the truth.